Hello, hello, hello. Lynn Pinkle here, CEO of Mackey Company and your host for the Tuesday's 10 a.m. show. We are live and broadcasting the Procurement Games podcast and open conversations on WFNU 94.1 Frogtown Community Radio. Our show is about providing a platform for small businesses to showcase their expertise, share their stories, lessons learned, while discussing the challenges they face in procurement and barriers with opportunities and access. We also occasionally bring in a trailblazer to talk about what they're doing to level the playing field for us. Tuesday's The Talk is the interactive and live call-in show segment where you, our listeners, get to call in, share your thoughts about our last episode, talk about what ails you with your business, and hopefully we can share some ideas and provide some answers on how we can help you. So give us a call at 651-313-5125 with those burning thoughts and questions. Now, my partner in crime, Jared Peterson, is in the studio today. Say hello, Jared. Hello, hello. <laughs> Jared Peterson, Our Tech Co-op, Executive Director over there, uh, co-host, show technician, just hanging out here on a Tuesday. You know, this version of the of the Procurement Games podcast is not so interviewee-ish, uh, less structured. No, it's not a word. No? Okay. No. It, I made it up. Okay. Well, you know, uh, but today we're looking to share the comments and thoughts we receive from listeners without having to identify necessarily where they came from. You know, sometimes we're, we are worried about uh, when we're especially talking with government agencies or people with the, who, who have the money, we're a little bit worried about saying, hey, I have a problem with something and retaliation may be a, a factor. So we might hold back from actually saying, hey, this is a little bit fishy or I have a question about this because we might offend somebody. So we want to be we're, we want to be careful of that. I think that's blacklisting isn't it i think it, that's that's a real that's word a, or, that is a black yes yeah. that is a word yeah uh, and yeah. you get worried about that kind of stuff so it, this this opportunity is for people to send in their questions ask somebody who's behind the the scenes who's getting things done what that means and and without the fear of, of that coming up absolutely um, so we get it you know an opportunity to share without compromise so send your questions insights at procurementgames.org Org, or you can give us a call now, live on the radio, 651-313-5125. Uh, that's a Frogtown Community Radio f- uh, station number. And with that said, we have Ashanti Payne back here with us, uh, the Assistant Director of the Metropolitan Council's Equity and Equal Opportunity Department. And Ashanti's interview uh, with us at, of Met Council's history, he overviewed how they, they have cover, have seven districts, five departments, all that exist underneath the Met Council. And he shared how the benefits of the MCUB program can create sheltered programs where small businesses are competing with like small businesses instead of trying to compete with large businesses. Right. And what a, what it's doing for uh, small businesses in general. That, that way you're not competing with a, a large corporation whose overheads are way uh way under like a google or uh you know somebody who has a bigger pockets than we do so as a small business an mcub program seems like a a program that is one that that we want to try and uh, be a part of as small and disadvantaged businesses the hour flew by quickly and now we're able to now we're able to get to some more we have an amazing feedback some topics we want to share and so shanti Welcome back to our studio. How, how are you doing now that we're going into freezing cold Minnesota tundra weather? How, how are you? How are you feeling? Good morning. You know, feeling good and glad to be invited back. So I guess that means I didn't terribly mess up uh, last week uh, to get invited back. So glad to be here. <laughs> feeling good and. Uh, ready to engage. Yeah, awesome, awesome. So, you know, you were here last week, and how, how did you feel? Did you have the time to reflect on the conversation? What did you miss that you wanted to piggyback on? And h- how did it feel? Like, were you kind of, you weren't nervous. You've done this type of stuff before. 
Well, you know, I think, as Jared mentioned, the the hour kind of flew by. So it was, you know, really more of a conversation. And for me, an opportunity to share what we're doing at the council and uh, what we're trying to do and how we're trying to be more intentional in our work at the council. So good. Uh, Like I said, it's always an opportunity and uh, a chance for me to make the most of that opportunity. Awesome. So did you have anything that you forgot last week that we, we want to kind of piggyback on or you want to just jump right in? Of course, there was lots <laughs> of stuff, but I, I think uh, hopefully I have a chance to kind of work it, work it into one, some of the responses that uh, were received, questions that people might have. Um, we can definitely work those things in. Well, before we uh, get into sharing those comments and questions that came in, you know, if you have something that you related to last week's episode and you're listening right now, give us a shout and share. Our station number is 651-313-5125. Thanks, Jared. I, I love how you can just plug those in at the right timing and everything because we're about to get, get into this thing. So, boy, did we have reactions and comments to um, our episode last week. And it really reassures me that there are folks listening to our show and definitely have strong opinions, Ashanti, and concerns about winning in procurement realm. There were a lot of great comments and feedback about your work for small businesses, and one in particular, again, said, Ashanti has seen his fair share of lobs of criticism. And I think we talked about those lobs last uh, last week. And he still finds a way to help small businesses. Love how you phrased, quote, behind the scenes, there are champions for us. Thank you for your work. Another comment that came through was, no one talks about the other divisions of Met Council, so it's good to understand the structure, thanks. And the last one, really appreciated your perspective on innovation, with a space to innovate is needed in government contracting. So give me your reaction to that. What, are, what, what, what do you think of those comments? Well, again, it's, it's reflective of, you know, folks are listening. Folks want to be able to have opportunities to, to thrive and, and be successful in, the, in government contracting. And there are a lot of opportunities with the council. The other thing, you know, we, we don't always get, get it 100% right um, in government in government contracting procurement. So uh, for me, criticism is, again, an opportunity uh, to listen, get better. And, and also, uh, I, I don't, I never take it personal. And I, 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 I try to make a point of not making it about me because it isn't about me. So it's all good. And yes, innovation, creating that space and, and the opportunity for business government to be innovative and come up with new ideas is important and, and can be effective. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, our listeners made some really powerful statements about really working together, that it's not just the agencies who need to figure it out. And one of the comment was, it works both ways. We cannot just complain and expect the government to fix itself. Come with solutions that shows you have thought it out. Uh, the other one that I actually liked was, we got to help ourselves by helping the system improve. They can't do it without us. So this is so true. Uh, I talk about not storming the castle to make demands, right? We know that the system is broken. And like us, the agencies, you know, may not know what they don't know. You know, we don't know the right questions. We don't know the right answers. And trailblazers like yourself also don't know that unless you have feedback. Sure, some of the feedback has been resounding. And we'll talk about those common concerns and, and that type of stuff. But what, what are your thoughts about um, how, how we could effectively work together so that we do give you the right feedback and, and present you with solutions? How, how, how do you feel about that? Well, I'll start by saying that that's really um, 
where a lot of my energy comes from is working with people who want to figure out solutions or who have ideas about how to solve uh, issues. That that gives me energy um, and definitely try to seek out those individuals who are working towards solutions. Also, listening is a skill and is an important skill. And I want to say that I, I listen and, and want to listen. And that's the first step in terms of, of engage, engagement and, and, and working together. I always say create the space for those relationships to happen. And those relationships hopefully can grow into partnerships. And then those partnerships can result into actual real opportunities uh, uh, within the council. No, I agree with you there. You know, one of the things that I love about our relationship, and again, um, Ashanti and I have butted heads before, and I've had some really powerful, intense conversation. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's the relationship that I know that I can call on Ashanti and bring an issue up without having to compromise. I've, I've had those backroom conversations with you, Ashanti, where I don't want to tell you who the DBE is because you know it could be a game changer for that DBE. And you've been, I have to tell you, been forthright about protecting our small businesses. And a lot of people, like I said, you know, they don't really see how you roll up your sleeves and dig in on the background and change is slow in the government. But you, you really have, you have listened. And that's really, really and truly uh, what I appreciate about you. Again, it wasn't always a perfect uh, relationship, but I will tell you that it's definitely been a communicative relationship. <laughs> yes. Yeah, definitely. All right, well, let's switch gears a little bit. Uh, let's get to some of those questions the listeners had. A question came through that's specifically asking, for opportunities that exist in the environment division. Maybe share some examples of work coming up on either of those divisions as well. Yeah, um, our environmental services division, wastewater treatment, uh, lift stations, design uh, within some of our treatment plants. Um, there's there's just a lot of opportunities. And, and the one thing that our procurement department has done is that they have created now uh, a link and a page that has up to upcoming opportunities across the count, uh, council oh, nice. forecasting. So folks can go and see, you know, of course, MnDOT and other agencies have done that in, in, in the past. Um, it is, it, it's, in some ways, it's, it's more difficult for the council to do that, but our procurement uh, department has worked with our business units to be able to provide that information um, so people can better plan out about opportunities, make decisions that are best for their business. So that that's definitely out there. Um, there's lots of opportunities. There's a big design uh, build project that's that's coming up that will that we've been doing some some engagement work on, and that we've been trying to uh, promote those opportunities uh, within environment environmental services. What about the other divisions? What other opportunities exist out there? Just, I mean, I'm not having you pinpoint particular projects, but just in the interest of those who are not in the environmental realm. I always say, and, and I said uh, uh, last week on Thursday, Metro Transit, of course, is our biggest division. And between those two divisions, they do the most procurement, have the most procurement ac- activities. Um, the other other divisions are relatively small, but we, we can talk about that. Um, so the same sorts of civil work, civil construction, design, engineering, uh, surveying, all of those things that, that you would find in a civil or, or large uh, capital uh, project, uh, those opportunities are there. And then sometimes we have buildings and we have opportunities for what, what our folks call creature comfort, so HVAC <laughs> work, 
mm-hmm. um, and things of our buildings. Sometimes they need repair, uh, replacement. It's like property maintenance type of thing. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And then another another area where we're really trying to find and build capacity is in our um, transportation services. So you know, it's really it's it's really uh, these large transportation. Um, service companies that provide uh, some of these services that are not part of our Metro Transit fixed route service. Um, so Metro Mobility, mm-hmm. um, Metro Link. Uh, a lot of people don't know that we uh, have a role in the in the bus operations of the University of Minnesota, uh, Minnesota Valley Transit. But like the mobility must be for our aging community or just mobility as in a physical mobility type of situation? Yes, physical mobility, metro mobility is uh, one of those services. So that is that like you're looking for? Paratransit, we call it paratransit, paratransit service. There we go. Are those like contracted work where they provide the vehicle and then they drive it in these designated call-in services as needed? Is that how that, like, is that the contracting opportunity for small businesses with transportation and logistics type of things? Is that what they would look for? The council actually provides the uh, vehicles oh. and the equipment. Um, and then it, it's a, it's it's really they're really turnkey projects, um, so uh, it's it's operation, um, the employees, the drivers, uh, uh, route scheduling, those those types of services. So contracted services, yes, yeah, you hit yeah. it on the we we contract with sometimes cities, counties, or contractors to provide these services. Uh, some of the buses that you see, like I said, uh, Southwest Transit or, or Minnesota Valley, Plymouth, Metrolink, just some of the few that, that you may have, have seen around town uh, rolling around the streets. There you go. There you go. So some other questions that were tied to MCUB, micro purchases, goals, spend dollars, uh, is the $10,000 a Metro Met Council statute, or is that all Minnesota agencies, the $10,000 threshold for non-MCUB purchases? Yeah, I I do know that there is some statutory um, uh, language that's relative to state agencies Mm -hmm. um, that is very similar. I I do think it's important to point out that Metropolitan Council, where we are not a state agency and we're not like local government, we are kind of uniquely in this in this niche of sometimes people call it quasi government, but we're, <laughs> we're government, and, but we're not situated like the state in in the same statutes um, are, are always not uh, applicable. So sometimes we're operating under different statutes than say a Department of Administration or MnDOT. But there's similar there are similar statutes, um, and then we have uh, policies that we can initiate uh, within that adhere to those statutes and develop different programs and initiatives. So it depends on the on the funding model that which statute you're using in order to kind of ad, uh, administer your your projects. Well, from the state perspective, it, it's it's really, um, or I should say, local uh, local perspective. It is uh, state statutes. Uh, that we're talking about, and when we're and when we're talking about our local spend or local dollars, um, of course, our our any times we we use federal funds, we are subject to federal rules and regulations in that regard, and that's why I said uh, last week when when someone asked, well, what's the importance of of MCUB? Well, it it allows us to do, we have a little bit more flexibility, allows us to do a lot more things, uh, and be a lot more intentional in connecting with uh, small business. 
So does Met Council actually get to write its own statutes and its own right, write its own policies because it's quasi or um, is that the wrong, like, am I in the wrong frame, framing here? No, no, no. Okay, Met, let, let me be clear. The Met Council does not get to write its own statutes and uh, we are, are subject to, to the law just like any other uh, agency. Um, it's just that we're not always covered by the same laws or same statutes as a state uh, agency. So does that allow you more flexibility then? No, no. Um, not necessarily. I, th I think there are some differences. I mean, I think there's give and take. Sometimes we do have more flexibility. Sometimes we have less. Yeah. Uh, it just depends on, on what you're talking about in, in, in the application of that specific statute. Got it, got okay. it, got it. I had to dive into that whole policy thing because I need clarity <laughs> on that one. You do that. Go ahead, Jared. So how are your buyers finding the DBE to fulfill the 25K micro-purchases? So I'm thinking that's like a process. Like how do you identify that market research, right? Yeah, you know, that that's a really good question. And that's a question that I had. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, talk like with... Like you them. had as in your role, you went to your own internal departments and said, how are you doing it? Yes. Awesome. Yes, you... you, you you know, I don't want to assume. I never want to assume. So yeah. I, I, I want to hear straight. And so, you know, I just engaged our procurement department and the manager that uh, that oversees that and just really wanted to understand and and my team. We wanted to understand how they how they do that, how they work with with business units, how they recommend, hey, there's an M-Cub. Our, our role is if, if there's an M-Cub that can do this, then basically tell us why you are not using an income and the procurement department provides that list. Um, sometimes we'll attach a list of MCUBs to what we call a contract initiation memo so that uh, those uh, individual firms can be direct, directly solicited uh, for an opportunity to prime on a, on a, uh, on a project. And then also we do some, some cross training with our procurement um, department so that they know what to look for, how to how to search the directories and how to provide that information to uh, the business units so that they can again move and, and act intentionally. So let me go back to your statement about if there's an M cub that can perform, and this is going to tie itself to goal. So if there's only let me use the paper. Let's say we're buying paper, right? And we go through and, and do our favorite directory search. And I know Jared's got a comment on the directory that he loves so much. Um, <laughs> uh, if there's one supplier of paper who is MCUB, is that how goals are set? Or do you have to have two or do you have to have three in the paper category before one, a goal is set or two, um, that that opportunity should be presented to the one to three? before anything else. Can you can you elaborate a little bit on that? I think that's a fair question, right? So just in terms of the purchase of goods on the local side for using local dollars, actually, and here's one of those things, per statute, we are not allowed to set a goal on the purchase of goods if we're just purchasing a product like paper. Mm -hmm. And I have actually a, a story that uh, procurement shared about uh, a paper uh, supplier. But in terms of if you're talking about professional services or construction, if there was only one MCUB that provided that service, then no, we would not set a goal because that would basically be, that would force any bidder to use that. It'd be like a, uh, the equivalent of a set aside. Got it. Um, so if there's one, no, but we will attach that. Again, we will attach that business. Hey, 
directly reach out to this business because they could prime this particular uh, uh, service. But when you're talking about paper, we had an instance where we were working with uh, our procurement department was working with a, a paper provider and, you know, their prices were a little bit higher. And, you know, through conversations with them, we were, it was discovered that where they were only purchasing, you know, these small quantities because, you know, uncertainty so, mm-hmm. and, you know, they're dealing on and, and we're like, hey, we we buy a lot of paper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so go ahead and and purchase more. That's going to make your prices go down and you're going to be more competitive. So That's those awesome. are kind of the conversations that uh, our procurement department is is having and, and working directly with, with some of those income vendors. That would be kind of cool to see that because then that really helps small businesses grow capacity because it's kind of like, hey, I'm, I'm committed to buying, you know, 10,000 or a million sheets of paper a year and we want you to buy it. So we want you to grow. So if we give you this contract, then, you know, you can can build that capacity, which that's that's really cool when you think about the small businesses and how they can grow and, and, and do what they need to do. Speaking of that, um, when we're talking about goals, we're obviously on goods, we're not able to set goals because it creates a, a situation that's not good. But however, you guys set a goal on your information services contract, really a tech floor, a, a, a purchasing floor, it's not a goal, right? We, it's not a goal, it is a floor, it's a benchmark. Um, so the 25% participation for technology firms, how did you come to that number? And are, are you saying that if the 25% isn't met, uh, that contract doesn't happen? So I'm, I'm always a big proponent of saying, and, I, and I, again, it's one of those things that I keep repeating uh, internally, is that the, the best ideas uh, are actually generated from the business unit. And then um, our role is to help that idea develop uh, initiate and, and kind of come to fruition. So the, the 25% floor is something that came from our IS department and, and the director uh, of, of that department. And we just stepped in and helped, made sure that we were able to engage the, the, the right folks or at least attempt to engage the right folks, get them interested. And uh, in terms of, of how that will work, uh, what we will do is if we are not at 25% spend on that contract, we will stop and we will only spend with incomes at least till we get to that to that mark. So again, it's a it's it's a floor, and uh, I think we've done the groundwork and the back end work to make it successful. So that's uh, and and we'll see. We're we're we'll, we'll definitely uh, definitely excited and excited about all the interest that this uh, specific opportunity has generated. Yeah, I mean, there was 100 people, 100 small businesses on that in, uh, meet and greet call or introductory call, you said, right? Well, the the first introductory call, <clears throat> excuse me, there was, I think, 43 small yeah. businesses. But then we always, do, at the council, we do pre-proposal or pre-bid meetings. Mm-hmm. And at the pre-proposal meeting, there was over 100. So awesome. the word must have been getting out and people were talking about it. So that's good for us to see and hear, uh, again, that, that also kind of tells us, hey, maybe some, some folks that have kind of lost interest or lost kind of confidence in us are, are starting to say, hey, maybe they're doing things differently. And um, so this is a step we're, we're trying to rebuild some of that trust. One of the other comments related to spend dollars, Lynn always talks about them. Can you share what categories Met Council needs DBEs or MCUBs? That's a, that's a broad, yeah, that's a broad brush right there. So maybe just high level. 
Yeah, uh, really high level, I would say, in our contracted services. Uh, we don't have any MCUBs that really are operating in that space um, and uh, or DBEs because those are federal dollars, and sometimes those are large contracts. So it definitely, um, from a programmatic, regulatory, and compliance standpoint, it has an impact on our ability to meet our goal, yeah. our overall goal, because there are some some big dollars in some of those contracts. So that's an area where we know for sure we need more DBEs and MCUP firms. Yeah. That's a barrier because the, the ticket item is so large that small businesses can't, can't um, fulfill. And that, is that driving services or is that? That's it, it's our contracted transportation services. Okay. So the ones I, I was previously talking about, um, like so Metro mobility, Metro mobility mm-hmm. Minnesota Valley Transit, all, all those contracted services and, and things that are not part of our Metro Transit fixed route service. Yes, it is um, an area where it's hard to gain experience. If you haven't, if you haven't done it for a transit agency um, anywhere, either in the region or in the country, um, how do you gain that experience? So you got to be creative in terms of how you can uh, build capacity in that, in that area. And it's something that we are still haven't fully resolved. Sure. Um, and, still in the works. We're still yeah, working still, on it. Still working on it. Got it. Well, before we get to our next question, WFNU is a volunteer-run station made up of many different community voices. Each program expresses one aspect of this diversity and is not the view of WFNU or Frogtown tuned in as a whole. Whoever sent this question in, you know, I like them. Uh I love this next comment because uh, we talked about my dislike for directories. The question was actually, "What's with Jared's? Uh, what's with Jared's issue with that? With directories?" And I guess that's more of a question for me than for Ashanti. But um, but we did talk about you know uh, Ashanti talking about directories too. So this might be that you know two minutes of fame of. Unload it, Jared. All right. Tell us. So directories, <laughs> and I think we talked about that in our first episode of this season, but you know what's nice about the UCP, the Unified uh, Certification Program, is many agencies use one pool of vendors. Well, uh, if you sell paper, for instance, where you could be local to the Twin Cities area, but you can still sell to anywhere in outer state, Minnesota, or to any other state in the, in the, in the country or deliver it anywhere, it becomes difficult to maintain all those directories. And so it would be nice if there was one spot where you could go ahead and maintain your profile and it automatically took care of all the UCPs, the TGB, the, all the alphabet soup that exists out there uh, in those, those types of areas. But uh, directories tend to be uh, a little bit of a a fun one when you have to maintain many of them all at the same time. So, and some of them charge yeah. small businesses. The health field, they charge to to get in there. I mean, we know of one uh, WMBE that is getting pillaged left and right just to be on medical procurement directories or health procurement directories and such. So that's that's a huge barrier when you're a small business and whether it's 150 and 200, 300, 500, I get it, you, you got to pay to play. But to be in multiple directories for specific industries is, is, is a hard press. And a lot of these private corporations are making billions are making it as if their directory is elite with no guarantees that you're going to get a contract. What are your thoughts on that, Achanti? Well, um, I will say this, that any business that would qualify or be a part of uh, our MCUB directory, the Department of Administration does have a certification portal where businesses can submit to all of those 
agencies, uh, but that's public agencies. So that would be Department of Administration, MinUCP as DBE, and CERT. All, all of those, you can, it's a one-stop shop, um, and that's the uh, certification protocol, and it's maintained by the Department of Administration. Um, yes, there are, that, that's not the end-all, be-all. Um, as, you, as you mentioned, there are private corporations that have su- supplier diversity programs and directories and certifications um, as well. And um, yes, it can be daunting, tasking uh, for a small business to have to keep up and try to uh, make sure that they're included in all of those different uh, venues. Yeah, absolutely. Jared, I'm going to go deeper than those questions that you posed, Ashanti. And I'm glad is, you take the more difficult ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, it's my relationship with Ashanti that allows me to put him on We're the hot seat. We're just not cool like that, Ashanti. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's... it's uh, uh, yeah, I'm just going to let that one let that one go. So if you have any burning questions or thoughts, call us now at 651-313-5125. Okay, so one of the things I love about our listeners is some just don't sugarcoat. And I know you've, you've engaged with some of our small businesses that have been very much in your face, right? The lobs of criticism yeah, in your face. Uh, and they go straight to the gut. Now, again, just like you, I am a small business, and I want to be careful about how I articulate some of these questions so that... I don't get blacklisted too. (laughs) So Ashanti, I'm going to get as close to stating the thoughts and comments in this section. Now, I do want to acknowledge that every agency is different in how they handle challenges of small businesses. But I feel like these are the most resounding concerns in government contracting. And these series of statements and questions is really tied to primes, who I often refer to as the big guy or the project owner, right? For those of us who don't know. So I'm just going to kind of fire out these statements that were shared with us and then maybe just get your reaction in terms of, you know, the first reaction and, and, then, and then your thoughts thereafter. Primes have their favorite DBEs and so does Met Council. How can that change? Can you put a restriction on who the prime uses? Next follow-up. Why is it up to the primes to carve out scope? Met Council could do it with their project managers so the primes can just find the DBEs who can do the work. And then the the last two questions is, if there are no monetary penalties, primes will never conform. Inclusive language is good, but we need to penalize those who do not comply. Okay, so I'm going to let that sit and fester because there's the the most common response that I get from government agencies, Ashanti, is we can't dictate what the primes, right? That's the freedom of entrepreneurship, freedom of opportunities that the United States provide. So, yeah, where do you want to start? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, I guess I, I will start by saying that uh, there's compliance mm-hmm. and there's regulation and compliance. It is an important piece of the puzzle and it's an important piece of the process, but you can't stop there because compliance by itself only gets you so far. So from a compliance standpoint, that answer is easy. <laughs> yes, we cannot dictate the primes used to fulfill or meet or exceed goals. Um, and they're very specific and good reasons why. However, as, as an agency, it is one of our important measures and one of the measures that uh, our team looks at in terms of uh, in a goal. We need to grow the pool. Um, and make sure not diversity, not in just ethnic or demographic d- diversity, but in diversity of services so that we have a rich pool uh, that that primes and the council can can choose from. 
competition is always a good thing. Absolutely. Um, uh, and, and you're talking to someone who who played sports all my life. So, yes, competition is always a good thing. Um, so there are ways that we can promote, you know, variety of choice and, and, and diversity of choice. Uh, we cannot dictate it uh, for for very good reason. So you said earlier that, you know, you find that one M-cub. So you do encourage the prime and say, hey, th- this, this M-cub can actually perform or can actually deliver on this one line item. Is, is that a common practice at Met Council or at the procurement when you're when you're looking at all of these projects? Uh, how, how does that um, how does that tie to what we're talking about like right now? Because like you said, it's it's showing the opportunities exist for small businesses by bringing them to light to the primes. Right. Yeah, I think some of those things you, you hit on are, are conversations that we're having internally. What are some things that we can do? In, in, in one of the questions, in terms of identifying scopes that don't present a high level of risk to us as the owner, um, that we might be able to break out um, and either uh, use one of our other procurement methods or or some sheltered market approach to accomplish this, the same goal and get the, 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 the same work uh, completed. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are definitely conversations that we're, that we're having. How can we do that? What's the best way to do that? Um, what are some of the best practices that have been used that have been proven to, to be successful? So, yes, um, but we're also, we just uh, submitted our semi-annual and, and year-end uh, federal DBE goal to FTA December 1st. And, you know, well, one, um, the achievement um, is definitely the highest that we've had here at the council. Nice. Um, but also... There was a uh, more equitable distribution among racial and gender categories. Nice. So, comparative to last year, we didn't have any uh, participation from Hispanic women-owned businesses, Black women-owned businesses, um, and that changed this year. Um, we also had um, some some prime contracts uh, that were awarded to Asian women-owned businesses. Um, last year, we saw that. There was a, a gap in terms of women-owned businesses, um, uh, women, women of color, businesses owned by women of color in, in our program. And it's like, what, how can we, how can we f- better address this? So we, we did some uh, focused outreach nice. um, and some intentional uh, outreach to uh, that constituency, to, and it, it showed up in the work. So those are some of the things that, that we work on internally that, that go beyond just compliance um, to to try and uh, get at that, that question right there. So I know you look at reports day in and day out, and then I'm going to hand this mic over to um, to Jared. I know you look at reports. I know you study it because you look at equity, right? You, you just pointed out that women of color don't don't get their fair share. So you pivoted and said, you know, let's see if what we what we can do. So so you know who's getting contracts and you know who isn't, right? So the comment that comes around, and I most often hear it, and I know you hear it, is stop giving contracts to the same people. You get a list, you get a project in, and the same names keep popping up. How, how can agencies, in your opinion, Ashanti, and again, this is not a Met Council opinion, this is just an Ashanti opinion, how can we change that narrative? where we see the same people on the same list, the same subcontractors. I get they've been tried and true and tested, 
but the next up isn't happening because we keep giving it to the comfort people, the ones that we we know know our system and everything. How how give me, give me some thought on that when you hear uh, stop giving it to the same people, Ashanti. Yes, I mean it's uh, sometimes perception is reality, and um, it's so I think in in, that, in those instances as an agency. And, and definitely we're doing this, is you've got to be self-reflective. Um, you've you've got to take a look at what you're doing, what your, what, how your processes and policies might influence uh, that outcome. Um, are there changes that can be made? Um, so I think I mentioned this last week that we are um, uh, doing an, an, an assessment, an equity assessment of our small business program administration, DBE, MCUB, of our procurement policies, practices, and procedures, and what are some recommendations, what are some best practices that we can do to, uh, to address some of those gaps that we know that we have. So that is definitely one thing that we're doing, and, and uh, before the end of the year, I expect that RFP to, to come out, and, and um, uh, looking forward to working with the vendor that uh, is, is deemed the uh, best value proposer in that instance to kind of work with us and, and help us uh, get better and improve. And, you know, I love that because, you know, that that's something that we definitely must look at. You know, whoever, you know, however you write this RFP or whoever responds to it really needs to look at that statistic of the same contractors winning and winning and winning. And again, I'm all for the win, guys. I'm all for the win. But there is others out there that we need to build into ecosystem. Jared, go ahead. And from a small, from my perspective, I don't mind losing if I know why I lost. That's right. Because right. like, I know what to improve on. Right. But if it's like eh, there's some there's some something else that is fishy, that that part fires me up. Like, why in the world did I lose this? I want to know why so I can get better. Right. Um, um, and so some of that stuff's tied to relationship building and getting into that person who uh, is making those decisions on the buyer side. Um, so um, you say get engaged. This is a set of comments that we receive from a bunch of, of, uh, of listeners. You say get engaged, build relationships, but DBEs try and don't get an answer or a callback. Change that. So that was one of the comments. Do you, do you have any thoughts on maybe how to how the that can be changed or how they can overcome that, that barrier? Yes. Well, one of the things that we worked with our procurement department to kind of initiate is that we will provide any MCUB bidder that is unsuccessful. They have the opportunity and we will reach out to provide that feedback nice. in terms of why, like you said, why, like a why was I unsuccessful? What were some of the weaknesses in my proposal, um, et cetera? So we, we will do that for any MCUB firm. And again, reach out to me if you have questions. If you're having trouble, that's what we're here for, to help make those connections, to help uh, bridge that communication um, if, 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 if it does break down. So um, please reach out. It was just talking with, um, we just did a meet and greet with an MCUB, and they didn't know what I just said, that they have the opportunity. Any MCUB uh, can, can find out if they are unsuccessful uh, what the reasons uh, were that led to that decision. That was one of my biggest mistakes starting out was not knowing that I could ask for that, right? right? And you should be asking for that. So, yeah, one of my first losses, it was kind of interesting. I found out later why that was. And it was the vendor we were partnering with. They didn't they didn't fill out the paperwork correctly, even though I told them how to fill it out. Mm-hmm. So we lost by four points when we, our, our socioeconomic um, status would have been 10 points we would have got that extra four points or whatever so wow 
I was I, when I found that out, I was a little anyway. Uh, not worth it. anyway. Moving on, Ashanti, you mentioned that on the uh, the show that small business that your small business team is doing more outreach and engagement, and we've talked a little bit about that. But could you elaborate more on what your plans are, maybe in the future, um, for outreach and engagement? Yeah. So one thing that we did, and and again, notice where we had a gap is uh, we have a new unit within our department called the Engagement and Development Unit. Um, and I'm glad to say we def- we now have a manager of that unit, and um, he will be leading um, a more robust... Robust. Uh, robust out- is good. Out- <laughs> <laughs> outreach and, and development um, program. Uh, Maybe one of these one of these days you can invite him and he can talk about a little bit about his his plans. But uh, he just he just started, right? He's been on board um, a month, maybe. Okay, we'll give him um, time. A little, little over a month, <laughs> um, but he's he's already um, shared his 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 strategic plan and, and his his plans for outreach, but also uh, leveraging what others are doing because there are others in this space. Um, and we don't want to duplicate or, uh, or, you know, do what somebody else is doing. How can we leverage what others are doing in this, in this space and in this market and be a partner, um, in this effort. And then also continuing to do some of the things that we know have been successful. Targeted outreach, not just blanket trying to go out, but targeted outreach, making sure that uh, folks understand what the opportunities are helping them to be able to make better decisions in terms of their plans, meet and greets, doing both the individual and group meet and greets so that we can introduce these businesses to the decision makers in the business units that procure their services or or their types of services. Um, So that, again, creating the space where relationships can happen and then hoping that those relationships develop into partnerships. That's that's a great way to close that one out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Another wanted to know more about what small businesses are doing wrong so that they know what not to do. So what are you seeing over and over and over again that small businesses might be able to improve on? Uh, and then the question was on what uh, have you seen uh, that you feel small businesses should really pay attention to? Yeah, so again, um, we we don't want to decide what uh, or or make those type of decisions without hearing from the actual folks that are participating in these processes and in these programs. So, um, again, part of our effort was to um, hear from small business in terms of what they need, uh, what, their, what their struggles are. And then also we asked uh, the, 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 you know, historical uh, plan holders and, and uh, incumbent contract holders, what do they see and what do they see in terms of uh, where these certified small businesses can can improve, so bidding and estimating mm-hmm. um, rose to the top of the list. Um, how to respond to, to an RFP um, is is so key. So that's some of the things that we can take back and say, okay, can we, we develop program. some initiatives, yeah. some training, some support to help in those areas? Um, and that's something uh, also that's going to be led uh, by our engagement and development unit manager. Um, and that will be kicking off in 2023. Awesome. Nice. Um, wrapping up this section, 
some comments came through about the work uh, that alluded to some of the work you did with Lynn at the MnDOT Small Business Resource Center. One comment in particular summed up uh, summed it up this way. It said, Ashanti and Lynn did good work at MnDOT. Many of us DBEs got contracts because of their efforts to help us. No one else can claim that, was the comment. What do you think worked? Uh, I'm I, awesome. Go ahead. Tell them. <laughs> Go ahead. I, I, I think <laughs> there, there's definitely some some takeaways um, that, that we can benefit from that. But it, again, I, and I, I hate to sound like a broken record, it, it starts with listening. And hearing what what the needs are uh, from the small businesses in the market, looking across the country, not just the region, and seeing what others are doing. Um, I always like looking in, in the southeast part of the country, um, in, in 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 what's going on on there, and some of the things that they're doing. And then, you know, having an idea, partnering with the right people, um, relying on their expertise. Um, again, I don't. I don't have all the answers. I have. I have a a, a sense vision. and a big picture. Yeah, a That's vision right. of what. Um, but um, uh, really allowing the experts in the, in those that that do that work to do what they do and give them the room to do it. Um, and then also um, finding funding is <laughs> <it's> critical. <laughs> you can't. Um, that's a, another important piece. Um, you gotta you gotta allocate and dedicate resources. Um, if, if you're serious about um, making a difference, um, resources are, are important. So I think it was just a synergy and a partnership um, that, 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 again, started with, with listening, um, developing an idea, and then letting others who, who have that expertise and in, in kind of bring that idea uh, to, to fruition. No, and, I, and I agree with you. I think that's one of the reasons why um, our relationship developed to where it was uh, because of that vision and how it needed to be executed since you knew that ecosystem, you know, and uh, I remember a time when um, when I first came here and uh, people were questioning who is this person from out of state and how could they possibly know what Minnesota needs and um, and, and, and it was a challenge accepted type of situation that uh, I, I remember you and I having that conversation and, and you know, I really do appreciate um, that comment because we we did we rocked it we did really really well there simply isn't enough time on our show today and here we are wrapping up the hour and um, tons more comments tons more uh, questions but you know keep sending them our way uh, and um, you know we'll try to get answers to them as as our show kind of moves uh, forward so Ashanti thank you for joining us again and continuing this conversation as you can tell we have some very amazing small businesses who have real concerns uh, so I appreciate you stepping up and clarifying some of these contracting challenges and really how your team at Met Council continues to improve the landscape so Jared any final thoughts well we uh, uh, you know the MCUB program has been one that we've engaged on pretty early in our in our um, commercial life and and uh, learning about how how things work, and I, I remember uh, uh, one of the first ones we went to, uh, Lane Ogilvie was there, and, and some of the outreach, and uh, they were asking questions about what some of the barriers were having, or something like that. And uh, I said, "Hey, you know, why in the world do we have to pay to download RFPs to only read them and go, 
There's not a piece of this. There's not a piece of this in here for Mm -hmm. me. And uh, and I was like, don't you think if the M Cubs were to get that RFP for free, or you know, have that and then solicit larger companies, there'd be more partnering going on? And Elaine goes, turns to me, and goes, "You're hired." Like that was the comment (laughs) she made to me right away. It was pretty hilarious. And uh, ever since then, I've been kind of you know offering suggestions as we go along about what what some barriers are. And you guys fixed one of those really early, so we were able to download at least to review the the RFP before. Paying six dollars, that was I was like, you've got to be kidding me. That was one of the biggest barriers to actually engaging was was the fact that we had a six dollar fee to download. Well, it's really geared towards prime contractors in order right. who know they're pretty much they're one of three to compete for a job, right? So right. Uh, now that's opened up uh, 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 for for us to be able to compete. So uh, great work you guys are doing over there. Absolutely. Uh, also, as a reminder, uh, in the next couple of weeks, we'll be replaying some of our season one episodes uh, throughout these hours uh, on Tuesday and Thursdays uh, over the holiday season while uh, people are probably not listening to us talking on the radio. So, uh, but, you know, those are great episodes. And, you know, you could listen to them on procurementgames.org if you, if you pick, pick some of those out of there as well. But we'll be back live on January 5th, 2023. Uh, for another uh, conversation with an entrepreneur, Eduardo Rick Prashad. Did I say that right? I think so, yeah. I think I got that. Eduardo Rick Prashad uh, of Intact Building Construction. Thanks, Jared. So let me close by saying this, folks, go after that low-hanging fruit, but always remember to look up at the entire tree filled with fruit about to ripen. Learn, strategize, and collaborate for the win because we can do more together than we can do ourselves. Again, Ashanti, thanks for joining us today. Uh, Until next time, you all, thanks for tuning in. Lynn and Jared out.